gather, ye friends, round your driftwood fires and listen to tales of daring, horror, and high adventure from the highest of the high seas. Set aside your pirate memory game and lift the tanker of grog instead to us, your storytellers. Oh my god, it's another pirate one! I knew I smelled the whiff of a salty peg. Who are we doing this time? I can't wait to feel the flap of canvas again. All of this felt more appropriate written down. Anyway, anyway, we are doing the tale of the greatest pirate of them all, a man who defined an era of maritime crime, a man so significant they called him the King of the Pirates. But we've done Blackbeard. I mean, I know. I'm the one who lost two stone in fluids whilst recording it. You better not be telling me there's a bigger pirate than Blackbeard, Bob Bob. Maybe. All that shouting, spitting and gurning into a mic for nothing! Well, come on now, it wasn't for nothing. What any amount of suffering is worth... Yeah, the Silly History Boy Show! Who's a bigger pirate than Blackbeard, then? Captain Henry Longben Avery, the king. Like Elvis? No, uh, well, no, actually, unlike Elvis, Captain Avery got away with it. Got away with what? Hamburgers? No, the greatest pirate raid of all time. Ooh, tale that shows us crime does pay. I'm back on board. As the 1690s dawned, Britain, Spain and pretty much all the other countries were at war with France again. So we head once more to... The sinister headquarters of the Royal Navy. Gentlemen, we are at war with France. Again? Yes, again. This council has been ordered to direct the pan-global maritime offensive against our oldest enemy. Can we get Chinese food? May I remind you, Admiral, that the fate of the Empire is at stake. Can we there? Yes, all right, but after that we must commence plotting. We have orders to write letters of mark to stamp and di Actually, does anyone mind if I get ribs just for me? Hello there, I'm Mr. Beneficiary, and the new CEO of Robbing the French PLC. I've come to ask permission to raise a crew for me super fun warship, the Charles II, named after the King of Spain, who is our ally. Is he the one with the big generational intermarriage vibes? Yes, big time. Google him, listener. Anyway... Robbing the French PLC is a group of privateers, which, as you know, basically means pirates, who will be based in Spain. We will, of course, give a generous share of the stuff we steal to the dear old British government. Um, do I, uh, bribe you now? How dare you, sir? We are British. Bribe us on the way out. Uh, yes. You may recruit your crew, Mr. Shady Benefactor, and do help yourself to a wonton. The ribs are mine, though. The company was actually called Spanish Expedition Shipping, but we think robbing the French PLC is both funnier and more informative. And that's excuse enough for us. 
robbing the French PLC promised sailors enormous wages and promises of loot and booty. Oh, sweet, sweet, sweet booty! Sweet booty! Certified freak! Seven days a week! Unfortunately, once their ship, the Charles II, named after that king whose thumbs don't bear counting, reached Spain, they ran into some admin issues. The Spanish would not give the company the letters of mark they needed to sail. Without this, the French, robbing the French PLC, had no one to pay the sailors. What? 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 Which meant trouble. Come! Felicitations, Captain. I hope that doesn't mean what I think that means, Mr. Avery. It doesn't, sir. And my apologies, Captain, for you are a busy man, no doubt. What with us being sat in harbour doing absolutely nothing for months, why, you look run off your feet. What do you want, Mr. Avery? Why, what any sailor wants, Captain. An absence of weebles, an abundance of a horizon, and a chance to flap me sheets at the lass in Plymouth that looks like Taylor Swift. Get to the point, Avery! Aye. More specifically, Captain, it have been near six months since the men were paid. Aye, and we've been spending our own coin on rat paella. Aye, these European Christmas markets are an absolute rip-off. And now we ain't got any money left. As long as we're stuck here, I don't have any money either. Robbing the French PLC relies on robbing the French for cash flow. So I'll hear no more about your back pay. Alas, Captain, the issue of back pay has long passed. And tis the opinion of the company that pay back is now the more appropriate position. How dare you threaten your captain? Quite shocking, I know, sir. Except that you ain't our captain anymore. We took a vote. Mr. Avery's our captain now. A vote? That's not company policy. It is according to the code. The pirate code. Indeed, sir. The crew were tired of being becalmed by admins, sir. And therefore, this is where you get off. Over the side of it, boys. Ah! No, you can't. No, you can't. This is not how one does business. Oh! Oh, no, I'm wet. Wet, I tell you. Oh, it's all damp. All hands, make ready to make way. You can't. That ship's company property. Help! Stop, thieves! Pirates, Captain. Maritime theft is piracy. Weather! Yar! And so the crew of the Charles II were freed from admin hell. Free for the first time in their lives to do as they pleased. Naked, naked swimming! swimming. Oh, I'm already naked! Oh my goodness, that's refreshing. Oh, I feel more alive than Oh! Oh, that's Oh, that's and crannies are washed clean by the sea. Thankfully, the sea has no memory. With their old lives forgotten, the crew renamed the Charles II to... The Fancy. Because as pirates, they could do whatever they fancied. Naked, naked swimming! Naked swimming again! Yay! More naked swimming! 
Gentlemen, there may be nay navy and nay trousers, but there remains still a course to be followed. Sorry, Captain. Let's do a rinse of key areas and we'll make our way west. Rinse away, boys. Rinse away. Really, try and get into those craddies. We've been on this ship a very long time. Yet, our course is not west. Our course is south. Are we venturing south, Captain? Aye, south indeed. South to the pirate round and fortune. Instead of sailing to the West Indies and the New World, the fancy made her way to the uncharted waters of the great continent of Africa. A mysterious and seldom explored land. Unless, of course, you lived in Africa, which lots of Africans did. Well, I thought that undiscovered and mysterious sounded cool. At this point, Europeans had only been to tiny bits of the vast continent. In 200 years' time, though, Europeans would become a massive hassle to anyone with an African postcode. Europeans traded goods with African countries and the lands beyond. That's India and China. The route that these European ships took to these far-flung lands had acquired a bit of a reputation. It was known as the Pirate Round. The Pirate Round began in North America and then crossed to Europe and then went south all the way down the west side of Africa, up round the pointy bit of the bottom, then all the way back up the east of Africa, then over to the Middle East, and then even further east to India, and then even further, further east to China. The African bit of the pirate round was a part of the world that Henry Avery knew well. Why is that? Um, slavery. <laughs> Infamy. I know that alarm. It's an uncomfortable subject matter from the past. Quick, let's skirt around it like the cowards we are. We don't want the truth spoiling the laughs. It is likely that Henry Avery was involved in the slave trade, and in real life, he and his crew were definitely absolutely awful and not hilarious. It is possibly why he is not as famous as Blackbeard, because Blackbeard, whilst being a murderous pirate dog, wasn't as bad as Henry Avery. But that's not why you come here, listener. Hmm? You come here for the silly, don't you? Hey, and um, and the boys. Anyway, Henry Avery and the Fancy made their way south in search of fortune. A very Dutch good morning to you, lookout. I brought you a disappointing Dutch breakfast. Oh no, a Dutch breakfast? They're the worst! Almost as bad as your actions! Yes, they are awful. Hard cheese and hard bread with not enough ham. Anything to report? Mainly that I'd like a nice breakfast like a sausage sandwich. But also, I've had my eye on a very confusing ship. She's been following us for the past six hours and she's not flying any flag. A mysterious ship following us for hours? Well, that sounds kind of important. Why didn't you say anything? Oh, sorry. We thought sailors are very laid back. I've just had this brownie, you see. He too, Hollanders. Break out your brownies and prepare to be boarded. Pirates! Well, at least I don't have to finish my awful Dutch breakfast. Fancy swept down the pirate round, hoovering up booty and treasure like its parents were coming to visit. 
Avery and his crew made up for their lost time in Spain by robbing, plundering, kidnapping all the way down the west side of Africa. We are awful! They weren't picky. They robbed British ships, French ships, Dutch ships, and even stopped off in Benin and kidnapped a local chief and ransomed him. As always, the crews they robbed were given the opportunity to join the crew of the Fancy. Eventually, Avery's band numbered 150 men who had all volunteered to join them. If you had a skilled job on your ship, like a cook or a carpenter or a surgeon or a DJ, then the pirates made the decision that you would volunteer. It was that or walk the plank. Well, more likely just straight up murder you because they weren't actually very nice at all. It's true, they weren't. And all this nautical nicking was not enough for Henry Avery. He was after the big prices. And with this in mind, we soon find our pirate band cleaning their bottom on the Isle of Cape Verde. What did he say? That's it, aye boys. Very good, aye. That's it, lads. Really get in there. I want our bottom smooth and spotless. Not much chance of that, Captain, as I've always had a very rough bottom. I mean all. It's the diet, Captain. Not your bottoms, gentlemen, for they are as hopeless, of course, as a Game Boy dropped in the Mariana Trench. I refer instead to the fancy's bottom. Oh, you notice, Captain. Yeah, well, I work out diligently. You wouldn't think I were 40, would you? Stow your... Backside by the powers, Chris. I am referring to the careening of the bottom of our ship. In particular, the removal of barnacles and other calcified shellfish that create drag in the water and make a vessel slow. But even with a crusty bottom, I wager that... Stop saying that. It's disgusting. Our bottom must be in peak condition and the ship in perfect working order. If we had a pass... The Cape of Good Hope. <gasps> the Cape of Death! Oh, Cape of Death! In the 17th century, the Cape of Good Hope was one of the most feared stretches of water on Earth. The Cape lies right at the southern tip of Africa. Terrible tales abounded of the giant storms that could blow up around the Cape. Storms that brewed from a flat calm to a howling maelstrom without warning. Like Aldi, listener. It's quiet one minute, and then the next, carnage. These ship-killing storms had sent many a sailor gurgling down to the depths of Davy Jones's locker. The Cape of Good Hope, or the Cape of Storms as the Dutch called it, was where the cold water currents of the Atlantic Ocean met the warm water currents of the Indian Ocean. The hot and the cold water mixing together causes the massive storms of legend. We realise, listener, that meteorologically speaking, this is a pretty lame explanation, but this isn't the silly weather boys show. And it is through these terrible waves and swells that our crew of silly pirates must pass. And it's not just the weather they had to worry about. For sailors say that something worse than storms lurks in the waters around the Cape.
Hands to the yards now, upper tops and to gallants, if you would, gentlemen. That's a lot of sail in this wind, sir. Hell, hard enough tent to start. But come, they'll take us further out to sea. You'd sooner we stayed hard by those rocks, gentlemen. Take a glass, if you wish, and you will see the fate of the captains who sought comfort in the bosom of the land. Oh, dear. They're all wrecked. Wrecked? Lucky beggars. I haven't had a proper drink in weeks. No. Silly. Shipwrecks. Look. Aye, lads, a fair octopus's garden. Well seeded indeed with the bones of ships and sailors. Yet, take heart, lads. It's not long Ben Avery's first trip around the Cape of Death. When the gauge turns, we shall dress the sails and ride the currents east. So, lads, have courage. Keep your stations. And keep a good watch on the horizon. Aye, Captain. Boxer Perry. Aye, sir. Mr. Perry, four stout hands to take the stores from below. I shall meet them aft and direct them where they are to go. Send word if anything of note comes in sight. Aye, aye, sir. Uh, Tom, is it a bit odd that Captain wants all stuff we nicked from other ships brought on deck? I think that is a bit odd, yes. Do you think he's fixing to do a runner? But where's he gonna run to in the middle of the sea? And so the fancy turned away from the black rocks of the Cape and headed further out to sea. The cold winds blew and the freezing spray crashed over the miserable sailors. The sky above remained a morose grey, but before them the horizon grew black with storm clouds that flickered with distant lightning. And as they drew closer, the lookouts began to call. A sail? A sail in April? Honestly, they're always trying to sell us something. How stupid do they think we... Oh, oh dear, what's that? What sight, man? A ship? A ship coming straight for us, like... Port side? Ah, that's against the wind. How can a ship be coming up against the wind? Beat the quarters. All hands on deck. Ah, it's the Dutchman! The flying Dutchman! We're doomed! The Dutchman! Out of the storm comes a legend. A fabled horror of the sea. A ship. A ship that burns with a sickly orange glow. Against the wind and heedless of the boiling sea, the glowing ship glides alongside the fancy. It moves as though it floats above the water. It is the Flying Dutchman, the most infamous ghost ship of all the seven seas, crewed by the drowned and the damned. Its decks are chocked with seaweed and slime. From its gun ports sprout rusted cannon thick with barnacles. And from below, a stench of rot and salt decay hangs like a thick sea fog. Bubbles? But he's dead! 
Mr. Bubbles? No, that's not possible. You killed me, Stuart. The bowl was too small. And you killed me. Oh, please, Mr. Bubbles. I was a child. A child! I thought you might want to listen to the radio. I didn't mean it. All your pets are Why did you have a noisy baby, Uncle Bilbo? We were happy when it was just the three of us. Ted? Ted the cat? This is getting far too real. Join us. Join us on the Dutchman. And so cease. Forever. Gentlemen, why was I not informed of the appearance of a terrifying spectral ghost ship? No matter. Hear this, damned fellows! We hear you, Henry Avery, false captain and scoundrel that you are. False, sir, you have me wrong. I am a gentleman, and such as I am, I always pay my dues. Our passage shall be port as promised. The cargo, gentlemen! Over the side with it. That's all the stuff we need. Over the side with it, sir! Our passage must be paid. Any man who delays shall follow it hence, and take his chances with the sea inspectors as he pleases. Over the side with it now! on as you please, Captain Avery, but remember, the sea will claim its prize. The sea always claims its prize. Fare thee well. Dear Uncle Bobbo. Yes, Uncle Bilbo. I think you know what I'm going to ask you. I do, Uncle Bilbo. Don't forget, I enjoy writing you as a complete bimbo. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, the Flying Dutchman, the feared ghost ship of legend. Is there anything, anything at all, to connect it to the real historic figure of Henry Avery? Well, I'm so glad you asked, Uncle Bilbo, because the answer is in fact... No. None whatsoever. No, none whatsoever. I thought it would be, and because I knew you'd say that, I took the liberty of looking into the actual science behind the Flying Dutchman. Ah! No! Not science of facts. These are the natural enemies of the pompous, overblown tales of Uncle Bob Bob. Yes, listener. As Chief Scientific Advisor to the Silly History Boys show, I can tell you that while many people swear blind that they have seen the Flying Dutchman around the Cape of Good Hope, there is, in fact, a scientific explanation. It's called Fata Morgana, or a Super Mirage. Thank you, good man, Pear Bear. Right, you see, because the Earth is round... Um, excuse me, but actually... Don't you dare! Because the Earth is round, when you are out on the open ocean, it is possible to see the reflection of another ship reflected in the sea. 
even if you can't see the real ship because it's dropped under the horizon because of the curvature of the Earth. This only happens in the right weather-like conditions, but it does make a very convincing ghost ship. Leading to the legend of the Flying Dutchman, which maybe we'll do someday because it's quite good and it's super spooky. Whatever the science of it, an encounter with the Flying Dutchman was a terrible portent of doom. And though they had passed the Cape of Good Hope to the eastern side of the pirate round, it would not be plain sailing for the crew of the Fancy. For meanwhile, in the sinister headquarters of the Royal Navy... Gentlemen, be seated. Sir, you've got special banquet bee in your teeth. Curses. Next time we're getting pizza. Oh, the gluten. I will hear no more of it, sirs. And now, I understand someone has a report to read me to move the story on. I have it, sir. Word has reached us of a new pirate threat in the Indian Ocean. The Indian Ocean? Why, that's on the way to India, which of course we own. No, sir, we don't. India in the 1690s is ruled by the Grand Mughal. The British are merely trade partners of the Emperor. That's a shame. It would have been much easier to exploit all their gear if we just ruled it. Well, maybe one day, eh? For now, our trade with India is bringing back lots of valuable stuff, including tea. Which is why pirates are always trying to rob our trade ships sailing back from India. But don't worry, sir. We had the idea of making our trade ships, or Indiamen, massive and full of big cannons. And we've got the biggest navy in the world to make sure all that lovely money gets back to Britain. Those pirates in their leaky little ships would never dare attack heavily armed Indiamen. They're so scared of us we've even had a letter from one. From who? Captain Henry Avery, the fellow who made off with the Charles II from the Robbing the French Incorporated, he writes. Oh, hello. Uh, hiya. My name's uh, Henry Avery. Uh, this is how I write. Um, to all uh, English commanders in the Indian Ocean, um, I am uh, nice. Uh, I don't rob any English ships. And in fact, I, I haven't robbed any ships yet at all. And if you've heard about any ships getting robbed, uh, that wasn't me. But I'm just saying, if you see me in my pirate ship, not doing any piracy, just let us know if you're English and whatnot. And... Um, <clears throat> yeah, I won't rob you, and I haven't robbed anyone. Thanks very much. Kiss, 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 kiss. Lots of love, Henry Avery. Oh, well, that's nice. Although it's a long way to sail to not do any piracy. It was a long way to go without doing any piracy. And in this heavily fictionalised version where the crew of the Fancy use their ill-gotten goods to buy their way past the Flying Dutchman, the crew are very unhappy. For weeks, the Fancy has been moored off the island of Madagascar, and every day since, fat Indiaman after fat Indiaman has sailed past without the pirates firing a shot. But the wind is changing. For all that morning, ships have been arriving. Small ships with stained sails and patched planks, ships that fly the black flag, whose timbers show the scars that comes from pirating on the far side of Africa. As the tropical sun beats down, small boats are lowered from these ships, and men with big hats, eye patches and other stereotypes are rowed across to the fancy for a meeting. God, I hate meetings. 
Gentlemen of the pirate round, I expect you are wondering why I've called this meeting. Oi! Also, are there biscuits? I want some biscuits. Who brought the biscuits? There are no biscuits. Our stores and fortune have run low since we rounded the Cape. This, of course, was to be expected. I am no stranger to these waters, and I know why my fellow captains sport such fine suntans but ragged ships. You cheeky so-and-so. Rot you, you dog. Yeah, I've worked hard on me tan. For this, gentlemen, I hold ye blameless. There is not a ship that we possess that could fight an Indiaman. And even if we all join forces against one, there's too many damned jack tars in these waters to hope to spend whatever booty we might have got. Aye, it's a pain in me bum. Oh, yes. Painful. Painful. Yar, so it is, sir. Aye, all of this is true, Captain, but surely you haven't brought us all this way to highlight our poor life choices. Of course not, Chris. I have a solution. What's that, then? It's quite simple. We rob an Indian ship. But you just said we can't hope to take an Indian man and live. Stow your tongue, Chris. A week hence, the ship of the Grand Mughal, Emperor of all India, shall leave the holy city of Mecca, the city of the Prophet, where all devout Muslims must make pilgrimage. As the pilgrims pass the straits of Belarmendip off the coast of Arabia, our fleet shall fall on the heathen and relieve them of their stuff. And then... Share said stuff amongst our brave fellows. Any questions? Um, several. You want us to rob the Emperor of India on his way home from church? Right, that's the one. Well, what if he's not on his own? I mean, he's an Emperor! What if he's got his mates with him? Oh, we'll have his mates with him, a whole fleet of them, in fact. But listen... Even the meanest dinghy in the Mughal's fleet has more money than a Swiss roll has jam. And we shall not be alone. We shall have our friends with us. Captain Chu on the Amnity, Thomas Wake on the Susanna, Mr. Joseph Farrow on the Portsmouth Adventure, and Mr. Richard Watt on the Dolphin, Mayors on the Pearl and all. Yarr! So we've got one, two... Uh, don't help me! Three... Carry the two. Everyone's watching. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, four. Eleven. Six. Six ships. How many's the Grand Moomin got? <clears throat> Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Listen, you quavering manatees. This is the biggest and richest treasure fleet in either hemisphere. So do you want to be rich or not? Oh, all right, then. Just sounds like our work. Work. Gentlemen, I am blown away by your courage and enthusiasm. A toast to maritime crime. To, to crime! And so the little fleet of six ships made sail and set out for the Strait of Tears. And the pirate equivalent of a Euro Millions double rollover. I would buy so many space marines! Let's be clear, none of you would ever see me again. But to see that listener, you will have to wait until next time. And the next exciting episode of... The Silly History Miles Show! And for stretching an obviously single episode into a two-parter... 
for we are ruled by the three demanding mistresses of Silly Voices, Historical Fact and Battles. We are, as always, sorry! Hello everybody, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Episode 56 to be precise, or as we like to call it, Avery Man for himself. Now, my friends, it's over to me. Uh, thank you very much. Th- this episode was, of course, uh, written, uh, created, and edited by the Silly History Boys. The parts of Admiral Rickman, Avery, Jerry, Dead Bob came sluicing through your ears like bilge water, thanks to none other than dear Uncle Bob Bob himself. The parts of Tombo Twit, Long Tom, Dutch Tombo, Dead Tombo. You've probably guessed it, there's sort of quite a few clues in the title of the names there, but it was me! It was me! I did those! Little Tombo! Hello, lovely to meet you. I've not done these for ages. I hope you're doing well. Might be some letters, won't you? I'm getting lonely. The parts of Bilbo Twit, Criminal Chris, Bubbles the Goldfish, Ted the Cat, Pirate Bilbo, got jammed in the scuppers by none other than... Dear Uncle Bilbo. He's very good. He's very good, that one. And last but certainly, certainly not least, he's probably the least. The parts of Benny, Pirate Bear, Dutch Bear, another Pirate Bear, uh, were, were, were keeled hauled. I'm going to do that again. And lastly, the pipe. God, it's been a long day. And lastly, the parts of Benny, Pirate Bear, Dutch Bear, another Pirate Bear were broadsided by the lovely Pear Bear himself. Any other names? No, I think this episode was just the four of us. No girls. Uh, So, I hope you've enjoyed that. Um, Let's have a special thank you, please, uh, to Zapsplat, without whom we would have no special effects, no fun music. We would be nothing. We would just be two, four, sometimes eight random people in a room just chatting to ourselves. Special thanks also uh, for the lovely music by Scott, Scott Buckley. Buckley, thank you, Scott. Uh, hope to see you in person soon. I'm pretty certain we'd be really good friends. The title music, of course. Thank you, as always, to Rob, Lord, Fast Fingers, Tristram for the title music. Now, if you want to Google us, why not try and Google us? If you, the more you Google us, the higher up the social list we get. We are called the Silly History Boys. Look us up everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Do we even have an Instagram? uh, We probably don't. uh, Do we have an Instagram? I don't know. Um, If truth be told, if you want to see pictures of us, we will probably give you nightmares. We sound like legends on the microphone. But we are four slightly overweight, slightly aging uh, uh, men. Uh, So maybe don't try us on Instagram. Either way, yeah, do hug us up. Uh, send us messages, reviewers, all that sort of stuff. If they're not very good reviews, obviously uh, choose your words carefully. If they're really good, First ever you clap, say what you like. You just you go ahead and say what you like because I if know they're how good. Unbelievably uh, hard that was before I leave, I have to have a little uh, chat to you about this last week's events. Now, we do a lot of stuff, we Silly History Boys, about the monarchy on our shows. So, I have to say, we at Silly History Boys headquarters are saddened to hear of the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. What? We will, of course, look forward to what's in store for us under the ruling of uh, our new monarch. So, as we say in our shows, both live and recorded, the Queen is dead. Long live the King. All right, my friends, set sail. We'll see you next week for part two of Avery's Adventure Story.
Yes, big time. Google him, listener. Anyway, Robbing the French PLC is a group of privateers, which, as you know, is basically pirates, who will be based in the Spanish Sea. We will, of course... Based in the Spain? What does based in the Spain mean? Oh, based in Spain, right, okay. Right, let's try that again. 